Uh, it's Jenny Ekman here. I'm from the Mushroom Link Project team um, from Mushroom, Mushroom Link, the Mushroom Industry Communications Program, uh, funded through Hort Innovation with um, the Mushroom Levy and funds from the Australian Government. And I'm here today with Dr. Ralph Noble. Uh, we're actually at the Marsh Lawson Mushroom Research Unit here in Sydney, following on from uh, Dr. Noble's excellent talk that he gave at the AMGA conference last week in Adelaide. So, um, Dr. Noble, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm, I'm Ralph Noble from Microbiotech Limited in England. So we, we um, uh, a re research and development company working mainly in the mushroom industry. Um, uh, in Britain and uh, lots of other countries. So I'm, I'm, I've been here in uh, Australia giving a presentation at the AMGA conference um, with one of my main uh, interests, which is uh, mushroom casing, particularly looking at uh, moving away from using peat as a, a component in mushroom casing. So what exactly is the situation with use of peat in casing in the, in the UK and Ireland in particular? Because we're hearing conflicting reports about whether it will be fully banned or whether it will be just phased out or do you know, can you explain what the situation is? Um, well, the, the, the situation in Britain is that um, uh, peat for amateur use uh, in potting compost, the sort of bags uh, that you get in garden centres, that that is being um, uh, ended uh, this year. So from next year onwards, uh, peat use for amateur use will be uh, no longer possible in Britain. And um, there's increasing um, pressure uh, against using peat for uh, commercial horticulture. So um, many other horticultural sectors like fruit, um, nursery stock, have already moved away from using peat um, as, as a growing medium for growing their crops. Um, so uh, mushrooms are one of the last sectors that haven't um, significantly moved away from uh, peat uh, as, as a, a component in the casing material. So um, that, that, that's why I've been um, actively involved in look, looking at uh, alternatives for peat. So it, it will happen. Um, it's just really a question of when um, in the next five or ten years peat will not be available uh, either for amateur use or uh, commercial horticulture. Um, it's just a question of when. Um, I, I think in the UK that's likely to be within uh, the, next, uh, the next five years. So in your talk you spoke a bit about using blends of peat with other materials. So whether it's recycled organics or whether it's coconut coir and things like that. But you said also that you didn't think that those blends really had a lot of future because there's a number of disadvantages. Um, could you maybe explain some of the reasoning behind that? Yes, on, on the face of it, it would seem an easy option to sort of gradually phase out peat, um, for example, to use other materials like bark or uh, wood fibre at, at um, a proportion, maybe 25%, and sort of gradually move away from complete peat to um, a, a casing without peat. Um, but that, 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 in fact, is, is, is not probably the best option. Um, uh, one one big problem is um, molds that um, compete with mushrooms or attack mushrooms. With green molds, um, they become much more of a problem with with uh, these sort of half halfway uh, mixes. That the 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 peat isn't normally suitable for green mold because there's no nutrients in it. 
and, and the um, organic materials are a nutrient source for green mold. If you mix them with peat, which has the acidity, that, that be, um, becomes a very favorable um, uh, substrate for green molds. Um, it's better, in fact, to move uh, completely away from peat into alternative materials um, so you don't have the um, acidity from the peat to um, promote um, green, uh, the green molds. Uh, also, it, it, it's, it's impossible to market mushrooms um, you know, having a bit less peat. It, it doesn't really um, sell the product. Many people are not aware that mushrooms are grown with peat. So having, having a product uh, grown with less peat, it, it just emphasizes the fact that they normally are. It's, it's better to go straight from peat-grown mushrooms to not using peat at all. Um, I, I think the sort of halfway house is, is, is not the way to go. So, so what do you think are the best options in term of, terms of complete replacement of peat? I mean, you mentioned there's quite a few things like, like the rock wool, granulated rock wool, which we certainly have a lot of used rock wool slabs around Sydney. Um, and there's a variety of other materials too that you mentioned. Um, yes, uh, that's right. There's um, the rock wool, which is um, a, a byproduct from the, uh, the glasshouse industry. Uh, we can grind that up and it makes um, a usable uh, casing material. There are other organic materials like bark and uh, coconut fiber. Um, and uh, also um, mineral materials like uh, byproduct clays that uh, hold water. Um, None of, none of these materials individually hold the same amount of water as, as peat, but um, it's likely that blends of materials um, have um, better water holding characteristics than using individual materials. So if, if, if there is going to be a casing that replaces peat, it, it's almost certainly going to be a blend of um, mineral and organic materials um, that have the best sort of water holding uh, characteristics for uh, mushroom casing. Uh, one of the products you mentioned, I think, was from sand mining, wasn't it? It was the clay left over after sand mining. And, and again, I think for the Australian situation, that's probably something that we have in abundance. Uh, yes, the, the clay byproducts are a disposal problem for uh, the, the, the aggregates and the mining industry. They're, they're interested in selling sand or aggregates or... or um, ores you know for iron um, iron ores the clay the clays are a byproduct uh, they, they want to recycle the water so they can wash more aggregates um, and, and the water picks up these very fine particle uh, materials um, we, we can separate them out and use these clays um, as, as a component in uh, mushroom casing so um, th these are abundant in uh, Australia then as as a carbon source too Products, I wonder if you've, if you've ever tried biochar, and I know you've tried coal tailings and you had some good results with coal tailings in the past, I believe. Um, I, yes, biochar is a potential uh, material. I, I, it's not something I've looked at, but uh, if, if, if it can be produced in quantity, that certainly uh, could be a component in uh, mushroom casing. It's a, it's a question of uh, availability. Well, there is a lot of interest in biochar here, but I gather that biochar, biochar is not just biochar. It depends what uh, substrates have been made used to make the biochar. So uh, that's a whole research project on its own, perhaps. Um, 
Uh, that, that, that's right. Um, the same with um, green waste composts. Uh, they can be a component as well. Um, uh, what, it, it, it's a question of what goes into making them, the sort of feedstocks, can they be consistent enough to produce a quality uh, material that, that's suitable for growing mushrooms? Uh, we don't want uh, variability. So, and I think you said at the end of your presentation, you basically said that we will be using non-peat casing materials within the next 10 years. You had an odds-on chance of like uh, one to a hundred against, I think was, was what you concluded. Um, so you're pretty, you know, this is coming whether we like it or not. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm very confident that we, um, um, the, the progress we've made in experimental work in, uh, in the UK, we're um, close to having a material that's competitive with peat. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very confident that we can also uh, make this available in uh, Australia. In, in, and so by 2030, I'm, I'm pretty certain that uh, we'll, we'll be seeing mushrooms growing commercially uh, with casing, uh, not using peat. Yeah, so another thing we were talking about, because we're here at the Marsh Lawson Mushroom Research Unit, was that, I mean, th there was an amazing facility you were telling us about in the UK, which has unfortunately been closed down. And this seems to be a trend around the world, apart from, as you said, China and Brazil, to there being reduced investment in this kind of research that's really needed to support the industry. Would you would you like to comment on that, perhaps? Uh, yes, I think this is a, this is a problem in many Western countries. Uh, decreasing uh, funding um, from governments and from uh, industry um, for facilities that are very, particularly for facilities that are very high overhead costs. We we had one of the world's leading facilities for doing research on uh, mushrooms in in UK. Um, but the, the overhead costs are just too high to keep that facility going. Um, so unfortunately, it closed about 10 years ago. Um, there, there are still um, a number of um, dedicated uh, mushroom facilities in, in some countries, um, but the, um, the, the cost of keeping these going is, 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 a, is a big problem. Yeah. yeah, well, I guess it makes us appreciate how lucky we are to have this facility here and that we have um, have the mushroom research program that we do. So um, thank you very much, Ralph. You know, it's been great to, to see you and meet you and I hope that you're back in Australia again soon. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, coming here on a uh, perhaps regular basis because uh, um, I think the work we've done in um, Britain on, on looking at uh, alternatives to uh, peat and casing will be very uh, applicable to uh, Australian industry as well.